Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast designed to help higher handicap golfers get over those milestone scores of breaking 90 or 100. If that's still what you're working on, it's cool. You're in the right spot. This podcast is brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to hit the ball farther, it's pretty straightforward. We're going to use science to make that happen. The science behind overspeed training and how we can teach our brain to make our body move faster. If you want to learn more about it, head over to my interview with Mike and Kyle from Superspeed Golf. That is at golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. You can learn all about it there. Or if you already know about Superspeed Golf and you already know that you're interested in hitting the golf ball farther, all you have to do is go to superspeedgolf.com and get 10% off your entire order with promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. Mike and Kyle were kind enough to come on the show and explain it, and then they they doubled down on their kindness and gave the entire Golf Strategy School audience 10% off with promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. Speaking of longer drives, speaking of actually just kind of drives in general, if you're new to the show, we actually started a second show called Sunday Conversations. And the first couple interviews that I've done and that I've published both kind of revolved around inconsistency with the driver. And both people talked about how they kind of lose the ball right. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. And that's specifically how we can build consistency with our driver and hit that sucker straight every single time. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so if you're listening to this show, and specifically this episode, you're probably looking for a little bit of that magic sauce with your driver. Well, I hate to break a deal like this. There's no quote unquote magic sauce. We all know what it feels like to have a good drive, but how do we bottle that and how do we use it on command? Well, really what it comes down to is building a consistent, steady habit of making sure that our club face is square, making sure that we are moving through the golf ball, not swinging an ax down into it, really coming across and over the top. And then making sure that we're actually finishing that path through the ball towards the target and making sure that it's, you know, it's a, a solid straightforward path and that we're not snapping it closed in an effort to pull left. We see this all the time where 
people over exaggerate one specific part and it really just makes the whole thing crumble like a house of cards. So that's what we're looking at today is those three specific things. And really what's important is that we deal with them in this order. So club face first, then working on, you know, kind of that, that downswing, fixing that big over the top motion and making sure that we then have a good finish and get through the ball toward the target. If you work on these things in the wrong order, you will not see the same success. And really when we're, when we're talking about the success that we see, it's really important to remember that any type of change that you are making with your golf swing is going to take time. Like the Philadelphia 76ers have said, trust the process. Now it hasn't worked for them because frankly, I don't think they did trust their process, but what we're talking about here is the fact that as you make these incremental changes, there could be things that don't work as well as you're working through this process. So if you're working on square in the face and everything's going well, and then you move to that kind of downswing transition, trying to get rid of that over the top, if things get a little goofy, just persevere through it. Make sure you continue to do the practice. And then once you have that down proficiently, then move on to step three. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go straight away to step one. And that is making sure that our club face is square. Now for a lot of people, there's a conversation about, do I fix club face first or do I fix the path first? And this is very much a highly contested conversation in the golf universe. And honestly, I'm not interested in it because I have my belief and that's frankly what you're here for. So my belief is that you have to fix the club face before you fix the path because if the face is still open, you are still subconsciously going to be battling that open face and that directional issue that you're having. And if you don't have a square club face, there is just a domino effect of other things that happen in your golf swing that hamper your abilities, that create more inconsistency, that introduce variables. You know, it just makes you try to compensate for things constantly. So that's why you want to work on squaring the club face first. One of my favorite things to do for this, and this is actually one of the things that I have my students do in the Golf Strategy Academy, is do a gate drill with their driver. So you set up a pair of tees just a little bit wider than the head of your driver, and you want the ball to be just a little bit in front of those tees. And by in front, I mean towards the target. The idea is that your driver is going to come through that T gate and make impact with the ball. If you don't come through that T gate properly, you're going to hit one of the tees. You're going to get that actual tactile feedback. And you're going to feel it in your hands and you're going to know something went wrong. Now the trick here is to start slow and start small. You've heard me talk about it a bajillion times. I like to layer success. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to have a tee in the ground that would hold the ball and I'm going to build my tee gate. And then I am going to take a swing that, you know, might only get to like 
not even nine o'clock, just something that would feel almost like a, a bump and run chip shot. If you were on a, like a putting surface or around a green, you're just going to come through that T gate, just trying to find a nice steady rhythm. I honestly kind of thinking like you're a clock, like you're a metronome, just getting familiar with the width of that T gate and just getting more and more comfortable of having that club head pass through without any impact of those T's. And from there, you just slowly build the swing out till it's larger and larger. We do length before we do speed. Obviously with more length comes a little bit more speed, but I don't want you actually hitting golf balls with this right away. You want to just feel that club head go through the T gate time and time again before you introduce a golf ball. Now, if this one isn't working for you, there's another drill called a towel drill, which I'm also a huge fan of. This one, all you would do is you would take your golf towel, you'd roll it up into a burrito shape, and then what you're going to do is you're going to set the towel on the inside of the golf ball, so the towel is between your golf ball and your feet, and the towel is actually pointed right down your target line, and it's only going to be maybe about an inch, maybe two inches away from the golf ball, and that towel is going to start right at the golf ball, and it is going to continue down the target line. So if you're standing behind your teeing area and you're practicing and you're looking down the range, you're going to see your golf ball and you're going to see the very beginning end of the towel right next to it. And that towel is going to continue and point down that target line. Now, the idea here is that this is another situation that gives us that physical, that tactile feedback of if we do something wrong. And what we're doing here is we're creating a very severe reaction, a very severe uh, circumstance that happens if we cut across and come over the top of the golf ball. So if you can imagine that towel is sitting there and if you cut over the top of the golf ball, you are going to hit that towel and it's going to do all sorts of goofiness. That towel is going to wrap around your club and it's going to, it's going to be hard to do. So it's going to be a very forceful, very tactile kind of kinesthetic feedback for you. If you're doing something wrong, I love those types of things, especially where you can see your obstacle visually, because then your brain starts working overtime. And what it does is it actually helps you and it does not want to hit that towel either. Your brain tries to steer it from the inside, which is what we want to do. And it's a way to help just improve that process a little bit. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about like squaring the face and that, that towel drill is kind of getting us into our next step, which is that kind of down and through making sure that we're not cutting over the top. So, you know, when we talk about that over the top move, and this is again, why I think club face has to be fixed before club path gets fixed. The path creates the shape and the face gives you that directional start of the golf ball. Now, if you have a square club face and you're cutting across the top, you are still going to produce a slice because it puts that side spin on the golf ball. Now, if that club face is open 
and you're cutting across, that's where you get your super slice and that's where the golf ball gets lost. So you can see where I want to take this just a step at a time. We fix the face first, then we move on to the path. And one of the things that, you know, with that over the top move that we see a lot of times is that people actually swing at the golf ball rather than if we think about it, you know, what's it called? It's called a down swing. That first move for a lot of high handicap golfers who come over the top, that first move is towards the golf ball rather than down towards the ground. So think about that for a second. If that club comes down first with the driver, what has to happen to get to the golf ball? You have to come from the inside, again, what we're trying to do, and that's going to give you that solid contact that essentially it's draw spin. And so it's just a way to help better visualize what we want to do. And again, over-exaggerate this stuff. You've heard me say this a hundred, well, at least 110 times if you've listened to every episode. You've heard me say this a bunch of times about our practices is we want to over-exaggerate the practice. That way we don't have to think about it on the course. So really focus on bringing those hands down towards the ground to start that downswing. And it's going to give you a much better position to be in coming into and through the golf ball. Speaking of through the golf ball, that's step three, talking about, you know, how that path finishes through the golf ball and down towards the target line. Now, what we get here a lot of times, and again, you'll, you'll start to see these things clear themselves up as you go through these routines. But what we see a lot of times is with that big over the top hack, we see people violently finish to their left because that's where everything's going. They over rotate and they've got these weird positions. Their hips are out of alignment. They haven't completed the swing with their bottom half yet. The top half is already finished. Everything is just completely discombobulated and out of order. Now this is one of, <laughs> this is a really, really good drill kind of to help all of the things that we've just talked about, but this is really a good one to help you feel how important your lower half is in finishing the golf swing. Now for, for better players who have a little bit better control over things, if you're snap hooking your drives, this can actually help here too. Uh, but for higher handicap golfers who are slicing, it's, it's a good way to kind of introduce the foundation of the golf swing being from the ground up. And so what I would actually encourage you to do, and I call this soaking the ball is take a bucket as big a bucket as you can physically handle with some water in it. And what I want you to do is with that bucket full of water, I want you to throw it down the target line as far as you can, not the bucket itself, just the water. So if we're holding a bucket and if you're holding like a five gallon bucket, that sucker's heavy. Okay. So the heavier you can make this bucket, the better. This can also be done with a medicine ball. This is one of the things that I would do in my basement for hours with a medicine ball in the winter because, well, I couldn't see the golf ball fly. I might as well work on making it fly farther and fly better. 
So what you're going to do is you're going to take that bucket and you're going to throw that water as far down the target line as you can. Now, this is going to help you really feel like how all that power has to come from the lower body. You drive your hips through the swing. And you'll even notice that if you really want to throw that water far, you'll actually notice that your hips kind of thrust out and up at the end. And you, I mean, my dad always used to say this. When I would hit a really big drive, he would say, you got both cheeks into it. (laughs) You're going to feel your glutes really, really kick in if you're doing this right to get that water to fly as far down the target line as you can. Now, if you're doing this with a medicine ball, you know, you're, you're bouncing it off of whatever you can bounce it off of. But if you've got space outside or, I mean, it's cold in Wisconsin, but we don't, we don't have snow yet. We had snow on Halloween, but now, you know, we don't have snow that we're in December. I don't know. I'm not going to argue. I would rather have cold and no snow, but if you want to go outside, long story short, you're going to take that medicine ball. You're going to pick that target. You're going to line up, set up just like you're swinging. And you're going to see how far down the target line you can throw that medicine ball. Again, we're not, you know, if we're, if we're doing that over the top move, everything is going right at the golf ball. So the water is going to splash at the golf ball. The medicine ball is going to land on top of the golf ball. But if you're doing that nice full rotation and finishing through the swing, finishing through impact, you're going to be sending everything down the target line. And to use a a great big bucket full of water or sand, or maybe maybe you keep all of your golf balls in a five-gallon bucket like I do, you could take that bucket full of golf balls, which is still pretty dang heavy, and try and do the same thing. Just throw it as far as you can down the target line because what that's teaching you to do is to use your big muscles to provide the power. And because your big muscles, they move, there's fewer of them, so there's less variables. So they're moving in a more consistent pattern, which, surprise, surprise, is what we're looking for. We're trying to get that consistency out of our driver to make sure it's going straight every time. We need to use the bigger muscles that are easier to control and easier to control on a consistent basis. So I hope you like these. You know what? You know what? There was a really cool video from the guys over at Scratch Golf Academy that talked about this. They talked about it in a different order than I did. I would encourage you to make sure that club face is square first, then work on the downswing and then work on finishing through the golf ball. But they do a really good example, especially of this this bucket drill at the end that I call soaking the golf ball. If you want to check that out, just go ahead and, and click the link that's in this podcast episode. So just whatever whatever app you're listening to this on, just pull it up. You should see a hyperlink. Click that bad boy and it'll take you right to the show notes and you'll be able to watch the video there. Also, if you want if you want a place to improve, if you want a place to ask questions, if you want a place where you can feel safe asking those questions and not be a three-wood 260 guy and get shouted down by all the quote-unquote three handicaps that are on the internet, then head over to Facebook, and I actually started a group called Golf 101 Breaking Night. So if you just search Golf 101, it'll pop up as a group. 
go ahead and join. It's brand spanking new. There's just a couple people in there right now. I just started it. But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking a little bit more in detail about some of the subjects that are on the podcast and how we can practice them. We're going to be talking a lot more of like our mental game strategy. I actually just posted an awesome video about following our avenue to success. So how do we plan for a best possible situation and how do we make sure that happens as consistently as possible. So all you got to do, head to Facebook, just search golf 101 and that should be the first result honestly for all the facebook groups it's called golf 101 breaking 90 otherwise you know what actually i'll do the same thing i'll put the link just below the link to the actual golf strategy school website and i'll have the link on that page so just follow the link that's in the podcast episode description that'll take you to the spot where you can watch this video and then it'll also take you to a spot where you can just click and it'll take you right over to our facebook group it's a free group place where you can ask questions, place where you can hopefully get a little bit more enjoyment out of your golf. And until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash Griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.